It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. Sylvania, Georgia. Sylvania. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where, what um, would be the closest? What it is smack dab in the middle of Augusta and Savannah. Okay. Like, so okay. from the coming west from Savannah, coming mm-hmm. east from Augusta, like literally right in the middle. The only reason you would even know where it is because you stop for gas on your way to someplace better. <laughs> Did you go to the city much? Was that like a big... Uh, well, it's funny. It, well, especially Augusta Savannah was a big deal. We had okay. another little smaller town called Statesboro, Georgia, mm-hmm. which is where we went for like most of the shopping. There's the mall mm-hmm. there. The yeah. movie theaters are there because my town had none of that. My okay. town had some grocery stores and the mom and pop shops. Yeah. Um, if you want to go anywhere, like even McDonald's, you had to go to Statesboro, which was about 30 minutes away. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so. it's not bad to be 30 minutes from a McDonald's. Yeah, I know. But well, that's the funny part. Like, I, I laugh because a lot of times I grew up, we, we did restaurants on very, 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 very special occasions. Mm-hmm. Everything else was a meal that my grandmother made. Mm-hmm. So, like, I remember even the first time I had pizza, my mom had a job in New Jersey. Yeah. And we went to New Jersey. And that was the first time we actually had pizza. I think I was 12 or 13. Wow. Yeah. Because my That's grandma a just cool made, memory, though. My grandma just made homemade everything. Yeah. So, yeah. but, you know, it was homemade Southern food. It wasn't, mm-hmm. like, you know, different ethnicities. So, I didn't, we didn't start having different ethnic, mm-hmm. ethnic food mm-hmm. until we were, like, teens. And my mom mm-hmm. did a lot of traveling. So, okay. We got exposed to a lot of things after that. Good Southern cook oh, show. Girl. There's nothing like the it. The best. There's Listen, nothing. Listen, the best. Oh. Yeah, I do. I miss that woman every day. Mm. Miss her every day. What did she, so. what was your favorite of hers? Her mac and cheese, hands down. Mac, oh, her butter biscuits. Oh. Her butter biscuits and the mac and cheese. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 100%. My mom My mom does a pretty damn good job with mac and cheese and butter biscuits. I mean, just, it's, it's What's not the secret? quite as good as my grandma's, but very close. Yeah. Is there a secret? Um... It's made with love. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think there's really a secret. I just mm. think it was just so good. Mm-hmm. And my grandma never had a recipe a day in her life. It was just because I was trying to like collect so many things. Like grandma, yeah. what? Like what is? Oh, pinch of that, handful of this. I'm like, listen. Like, like, I don't know I don't what know that what, is. I, right. Right. <laughs> like. A, how like, much? Like, what is this? I know. And never, no. never recipes. No. Never. So a lot of stuff I do, I guess. And I, I try to follow recipes sometimes. Sometimes I just mm-hmm. do it with my gut, just like she did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, never, never recipe, never ever. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. My grandma was always a good cook too. We weren't, mm-hmm. weren't southern, but yeah. you know, yeah, Kansas. We were like the yeah flat Midwest because the family's all from Kansas, Oklahoma, yeah. that area, some yeah. Texas. But yeah. Oh, then there were some so. dishes that they made that were some of the most horrific things. <laughs> I'd ever have. There was one. I still bring it up with my mom today. It was like a meatloaf encased in white bread and cream of mushroom soup. Oh, no. I mean, it was, oh, just even thinking about the look of it. It looked like what was going to come up at the end. Yeah. Oh, and mom oh, was sad. like, I loved that recipe. And it was like, those were the days that I, w- oh. I just wanted to. And we had to eat everything on our plate. Oh, oh yes, I mean, baby. that was what yes, you have of course. to do. You clean. It I doesn't mean, matter what there's starving cook. children somewhere. You eat your food. You eat your food. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And if you try something new, okay. Yeah. There wasn't a, oh, just one bite. No, 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 no. finish no. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That too. You don't like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever do the like spit in your napkin thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Unfortunately, we didn't have a dog, so I couldn't give the oh, dog yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've, mm-hmm. I've had a where you chew and it feels like it keeps growing yep. more and more in your mouth. Mm-hmm. You're like, how did this grow? Like, this is awful. <laughs> 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 yeah. Is there anything you won't eat? Are you pretty? Open uh, to? I don't eat chitlins, and oh, well. I mean that's a big Southern thing. It's a yeah. big Southern thing. And I used to sit on my grandma's back porch when they were cleaning them, and it is the most oh. god awful smell. Oh gosh, ever. Maybe I mean they 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 clean the hell out of them, uh-huh. but I just I can't do it. Like my whole family, except for me and my sister, they eat them, and I'm like, nope, Mm-mm. nope. Mm-mm. The answer is no. I don't think I could do that. No, I I. You're like I'm a no. vegetarian. Yeah, right, exactly. Except like, for I, I, like I, I have a hard enough time with my own intestines. Uh-huh. I'm not trying to have animals. They're fried, right? In here, it can be fried, boiled, baked. I mean, they could do a whole bunch of stuff with it. But they usually brine them and like they clean them and then they brine mm-hmm. them like in vinegar okay. or, or some other stuff and yeah. then cook them in spices and all. I, I'm like, I don't care what you do with mm-hmm. it. I don't want it. Well, knowing what it is too. Correct. That's gross. Yeah, it's really it's just disgusting. Like, and I I literally test. hate it. And the, the funny part is, I know why they did it, right? Like when, especially back in the day, you know, my grandma. <laughs> there was a joke used to be in the movie Boomerang when uh, John Witherspoon said, "We eat everything on a pig from the rooter to the tutor." He's not lying. <laughs> He's not lying. He's not lying. Like literally, nothing goes to waste <laughs> because they couldn't afford for anything right. to go to waste. So they had to figure out how, how to make, make anything it? delectable as best they can Ooh. and put all kinds of stuff in it. I'm just like, I'm not the one. This is, I'm the modern girl. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. roughing it for me is like a Motel 6. I don't camp. <laughs> I don't do stuff like, like, I don't like it. Yeah. Like, I, I love when people do it. Mm-hmm. I love walking in the nature. But yes. living out there, like, in a on a tent, in a, like, a blow-up thing. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, no I, I was talking with somebody yesterday, and they're just like, oh, just to be in the middle of nowhere with nobody around. And I'm like, that sounds awful. Right. Yes. Awful. Yeah. Extrovert death. Yeah. Like, that right. doesn't work right. for me. For, like, a weekend, maybe just to decompress maybe. and go start up again. But, like, for the rest of my life, uh-uh. I'm not a hermit. No. I can't be a, a hermit. I can't. No. I got to be with people. Yes. I'm I like. I'm okay if we're in a cabin in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of friends. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's different. That's yes. Different. Nice bonfire, mm-hmm. some s'mores. Yeah, yeah now. Hot like tub that. would be nice. Hot I mean, tub is not We're not nice. really roughing it. I mean, right. I mean, I don't rough rough it. Yeah. Like, I I don't. Mm-hmm. Some people might rough it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's just me. No, I used to. I I mean, yeah. again, growing up in the mountains, Whoa, that's yeah. what you do, right? And come right. To find out, my mother hated it. Really? She hated camping. She just did it for y'all. She did. Oh, I that's know. a good mama. She was a good. Because I'm gonna tell my kids like, sorry no. for your luck. No, you, you have kids. You have kiddos. We have two. How old? So, Babies. um, yeah. So 26. Our our oldest just turned 26, wow. and Aji just turned 21 in February. I know, and I know that one. I know. <laughs> I love that we made that connection. I know. I know. I, I sent Aji that picture. I was like, oh, so the cute. people I know. What does she do? Uh, yeah. Um, finishing senior year. Yeah, is a film student. Uh, doing really well. Working on uh, their master thesis. Uh, and it's very exciting. That's so exciting. It's very exciting. And they uh, are going to continue or are they going to be done? Like, are they thinking masters? Uh, not right okay. now. Okay. They're like, mom, I've been in school for a really long time. Because Aji went to uh, Columbus State while they were in high school. Uh, so yeah. it's literally been about six solid years of college. That's true. And I just like, I, I need a break, mom. I need a break. Okay. What do they want to do it. with it? Direct? Um, be director, okay. write, and direct. Yep, write and direct. As well they should. Yeah. I've seen their work. Yes. I remember, Thank so I, I got to write 
with your kiddo or write. I got to work with your kiddo with their script and I got to direct. And that, mm. to be honest, that was the first time for me directing adults. Now it was yeah. COVID, so I didn't yes. have as much yes. as I would have liked. Yes, um, yes. But when we got to read through those scripts, I was like, there is no question this is the one that oh, I want. It was thank so you. Aji worked so hard on so it. Fun. On, on everything. On everything. I mean, Aji's such a conscientious kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember every year, so <laughs> ever since probably seventh grade, they'd always know what the next uh, spring play would be, mm-hmm. right? So as soon as they, the end school year, yep. Aji would be in all summer singing, learning the parts, like just all summer long. And the auditions wouldn't be until like January. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Like you prep for it always. Yeah. Like the immaculate performer, immaculate person, just Love that. such a great heart. Loves to do this work. Loves yeah. to bring joy to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's important because you know, working in the arts, like yeah. if you stop loving it, you need to stop doing it. Correct. It's not it. You can't without the passion. That's it's right. Just impossible. That's right. Yeah. And, and you can, yeah, you see it. You see it fade out of people. Oh, hundred percent. And that's okay. You see it. But it's like yeah. at that point. Be okay to stop. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not going to work for you. No. So. I, I love it so much. I often tell people, like, I wish corporate structured businesses and teams were more like how productions run, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, literally everybody knows their place. The light or the lighting yep. team, the costumers, mm-hmm. you know, the production team, the actors. Yeah. Like, all these people know, the, the house manager, the ushers. Like, everybody right. knows the role they play. Mm-hmm. And they all work together in this beautiful unison mm-hmm. to be able to produce this thing that's so gorgeous. Right. Like, and mm-hmm. I'm like, if we thought more like that in the work that we did, mm-hmm. I mean, how much more exciting and enjoyable Yep. Would it be? Because it's the arts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you've worked, you do everything. I do too much. <laughs> I know. I do too much. And I say that because I you get do it. Too much. I know. <laughs> we, we've uh, yeah. we spread the peanut butter a little thin yes, on that bread. We do. Um, where, what was your start? Like, where did everything start? You grew up in Georgia. Oh, yeah. I grew up in Georgia. Did you stay there? I did not. I literally, two days after I graduated high school, I was like, peace out. Uh-huh. My mom uh, was, she did these things called outages. So she did nuclear chemistry when she was a young person. Wow. So, yeah, my mom. That's incredible. Ridiculously yeah. brilliant. Such a, a, an amazing, amazing woman. Mm-hmm. She's very STEM-oriented. My sister's very STEM-oriented. I am more artistic mm-hmm. and creative, which is so yep. interesting. But she did these outages across the United States. So we live with my grandmother while my mom traveled outside the home. And so she ended up getting a full-time job in Washington State okay. and decided to stay. And so as soon as I finished high school, I was like, later taters. Mm-hmm. And I moved to Washington State to live with her full-time okay. and go to school. Okay. And it was an amazing experience. Yeah. I laugh because I always say I wanted to get away from a small town. I went to school, college in a small town. And I'm like, but do I really want to get away? Because I keep doing this. I keep well, it was a different weather pattern. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, much different because it was yeah. like in the valley. So it's about two hours east of Seattle. It was in the valley. Mm. And you talking about dramatic snowfall in the winter? Oh, yeah. Like dramatic. And there's passes on each side, right? So there was a couple times that my, I didn't see my mom for months and months and months because she couldn't get over the pass. Because oh the snow gosh. had blocked everything. Yeah, it's crazy. Is that like Donner Party kind of stuff? I mean, it could have been. I mean, we Isn't had a slaughterhouse to... really close. That we had a, a <laughs> we, we were famous for Ellensburg lamb. It was Ellensburg, Washington. Ellensburg lamb. And every morning you would wake up, the whiff from that lovely lamb slaughterhouse would wake you up every morning. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not like the Folgers commercial. We're like, <sighs> yeah, no. Yeah. no, you know, no. It was really bad. 
It was really bad. I love that you went for the Christmas commercial, too. I know. That's my favorite one. Did <gasps> you see? The, there's a couple parodies that are made of it. You've got to watch it. Of the, the kid that comes home from, like, the Peace Corps or something to yeah. his sister. Yeah. And everybody talks about, like, there's something going on between the two. <laughs> like, they had so much chemistry that people are oh. like, is he with his sister? Right. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. There's a whole parody of yeah, that they do have to see together. That. It's so that is, but that commercial, yes. oh, Peter. I remember that one. Though. I can hear you it. Can I can never, see it. Ever forget it? They played it for 20 years. I swear to God, they, they played probably it for do. 20 years. Do they yeah. still do it? That's a good question. I don't watch regular television anymore, either. so I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if they yeah. still play it. <laughs> It's the other one, the sweet little boy that is a snowman, and then he gets his Campbell oh, soup. soup. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so cute. Oh, 100%. Yes. It's like that one, too. Yeah, I do like that one, that is too. A, it, you can feel that commercial. Yes. You know, just growing up. 100%. Yes. So anyway, way yes. off topic. Yes. But That's then okay. you were in Washington. We so in Washington State, Donner loved party. it there. Donner Party was mm-hmm. so great. And it was in the early 90s, which made me really happy because oh, yeah. um, that was the beginning of grunge uh-huh. music, right? And so we were in the middle of it. So the Screaming Trees mm. were from Ellensburg, where I went to college, which was kind of mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And then Seattle's two hours away, yeah. so we could see Pearl Jam anytime you want. Mm-hmm. You could see Soundgarden. You could see Nirvana, like all the whole yeah. crew. Yeah. And that was because singles came out. I don't know if the movie was singles. Mm-hmm. It came out in 90, and then I started college in 91. Okay. And so then you're in the swell. Yeah. Oh my God, so much. So um, my friend Trina was in the Evenflow video from Pearl Jam. Oh my God. There's that, if you watch the video, there's this one hand that has these crazy nails that's out, like reaching up for the yeah. sky. That's my friend Trina. Oh, that's Yeah, funny. I know. It's like claim to fame. It was so great. Um, but there was just so many cool things that happened in that mm-hmm. area. Like Seattle was really up and coming then. Like that it was, was the, the music hey, hey, heyday. Mm-hmm. Like when they created, um, it was called then the Experience Music Project. I think it's I forget what it's called. I don't, maybe the Museum of Modern Pop or something like that now. But they mm-hmm. named it differently. But it was so cool when it first started. Like I was there when it was like first grand opening. And my God, is that the one they have like a display of guitars that yes. runs from? I did yes. go there. Yeah, it was so cool. It is very. Very, very cool. Yeah. I haven't been there since literally the 90s, mm-hmm. but when it first opened, it was phenomenal. Like, they had an entire room that was Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. and if people just don't know Jimi Hendrix, and he's buried in Seattle, believe it or not. Oh, okay. Um, um, so is uh, Bruce Lee. Uh, Brandon Lee. Brandon, Brandon Lee. Lee is. Um, so anyway, which is also interesting. Just, huh. you no know, a random yeah. graveyard question, just in case Jeopardy asked that one day. But that's good. Know. That's the stuff that fills Monogs. I know. And instead of Same. the important stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I know. The useless trivia that's in my brain. I know. I was telling Joe today that I should be, I, I'm ignoring emails of stuff that oh, yeah. has to get done today. Yeah. And I'm just figuring out how many key changes are there in After the Love Has Gone by Earth, Wind, and Fire? There's a lot. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. Turns out there's 11, I think. Is that right, 11? Joe? Did I say 11? Yeah. 11 oh, that's key beautiful. Oh, that's oh, oh, oh. that's Honey, don't get me started up my Philip. My Philip Bailey, honey. Listen, I was one of the last concerts that I went to before they tore down Jermaine Amphitheater mm-hmm. was Chris Bodie and, and Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh my gosh! I mean, forever ago, but my God, it was. Oh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, still uh-huh. by far my favorite band in the whole world. So good, my favorite band mm-hmm. in the whole world. Best yeah. concert, hands down, I've ever, oh, yeah. ever. And they were yeah. with Chicago. Oh, now that's because Chicago was up there for me too. Mm-hmm. Like I never get tired it of them. Just oh. Yes. It, that music. And yes. I had, I the went horns. with a girlfriend because mm. I was the Chicago fan. She was the Earth, Wind, and Fire fan. Yeah. And we both kept turning to each other. 
I didn't even realize. I know this. I love this song. Girl, so many, so, so many, many good songs. Yeah. I literally, that's always my go-to when I'm just in a mood. I'm yeah. like, EWF all day. Mm-hmm. So good. It's I so wonder good. if Earth, Wind, and Fire ever traveled with blood, sweat, and tears. Good it question. Just seems, I don't know. Seems Maybe. Like all the things are there. I know. Everything you, I mean, <laughs> Earth, Wind, Fire, Blood, Sweat, Tears. I know. I like it. Yeah. They probably shared a few. I did. They dropped did. a few. You know. It's good stuff. You do so. Okay, we keep getting <laughs> off the trail here because this, this is, is my just, life. This, no, this is how you and I work, though. Too of so you went to you were in Seattle area. Yes, getting your degree in. Yes, um, hospitality management. So I was a okay. travel and tourism girl. Okay. Well, I started off interestingly enough in communications and mm-hmm. public speaking, oh, and then uh, I know. Imagine mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And I had a little tiff with the uh, dean of the communication school. And this one day, I'm just so mad, and I go to my swim class, and I said, I don't know if I need this major. So I passed this bulletin board, and it had a poster that says, do you like to travel? Do you like to explore new Mm. places? Have you considered a career in travel and tourism? I'm like, I do like to travel. Mm. I do like new places. Let me just go get a brochure and see what it's about. Mm -hmm. Two and a half hours later, I walk out of her office with the rest of my calendar of my school year mapped out. Oh, wow. And graduating a quarter early. Okay. And so I was like, oh, okay. So that was quick. Mm -hmm. Didn't imagine that was going to happen, but it did. Um, But I think what is so beautiful in full circle, I do public speaking. Uh (laughs) But you (laughs) were right. You never really got away from it. You didn't need it, though. I didn't need the degree. That's right. You really didn't. I didn't need it. Um, But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed travel and tourism. I still enjoy it so Mm -hmm. much. I I was going to be the travel writer, travel TV show person before HGTV and Scripps Howard came onto the scene. So there was one show. It was on PBS. It was called Great Country Inns. Okay. And this woman had a half-hour TV show, and she would go to all these bed breakfasts oh. and little inns around and just show you around, mm-hmm. and they'll obviously treat her. And then she mm-hmm. has a 30-minute show. I'm like, is that not the best damn job mm-hmm. in the world? Mm-hmm. I want that job. Mm-hmm. So that's what I went to have that degree for. Okay. But still had a little bit of a communication still in there. Mm-hmm. Um, never made it to uh, the travel writer side. Yeah. Worked in a lot of hotels, banquets, and restaurants for a long time, mm-hmm. longer than I actually wanted to, needed to. Um, then decided, well, maybe I should try my hand as corporate thing. Okay. Didn't expect, expect to be there that long. 30 years later. <laughs> yep. <sighs> yeah, there you go. It happens. It happens. It happens. Where did you start? My very first corporate job was a company called ING Investment mm-hmm. Management mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Did that have the lion on it? It did have the okay. lion on it. So that was my first corporate job. And so I worked for our U.S. headquarters in Atlanta, okay. but the company itself was headquartered in The Hague, Netherlands. Ooh, so, Den Haag. Yes. My husband studied there. Yeah. We had a lot of visitors that okay. would come. So I always learned a little bit. We had a, a bunch of international offices. I always learned a little bit of language just to say hello to people, mm-hmm. just enough to make them feel well. Welcome and, right. and stuff. So I can say hello and goodbye in a bunch of languages, and I know nothing else. Like, Sometimes that's nothing okay. Else. Yeah. It starts and finishes every conversation. <laughs> Listen, exactly. Hello. So. Goodbye. <laughs> you want to get people through the door. I know, you know, in and out. But people were so, like, taken aback. They were so thrilled that somebody took interest in their native language to make them mm-hmm. feel welcome. So I, that was always one of my things. I've always been that hospitality person, mm-hmm. like above and beyond. Mm-hmm. When I did 
work in the hotels. I worked for the Promise Corporations, okay. who were the people who started the Hampton Inn, mm-hmm. Homewood, um, Homewood Suites, and the um, Embassy Suites mm-hmm. before uh, Hilton took them over. Okay. Um, so they were the ones who also pioneered um, 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. And people thought they were super crazy when they did it. Like, people are going to take advantage of that. Like, some people might, mm-hmm. but other people won't. Right. And the reason they did it, too, is to empower their staff at the front desk mm-hmm. to be problem solvers instead of you having to wait for the manager mm-hmm. to say, you can do this. We knew what we could do at the front desk to say, we want to take care of this yeah. person to make sure they are repeat customers. Wow. And so I learned hospitality in that way, mm-hmm. and I don't know anything else. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. There's nothing like good customer service. Oh, too. 100%. And you see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've... Our favorite place to eat recently has been pies and pints in Worthington. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and we know how sucky working in food service is. It sucks Terrible. so bad. So it's like so going out of your way to stop the manager and be like, by the way, you guys are doing great. Oh, yeah. These, the, the folks that you've hired. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And they're yeah. always taken aback. Yeah. And it makes you realize it's because you don't hear they don't. This. You don't hear it. I'll tell you a great example. This is not... It's a hotel, not a um, restaurant, but I had an event at the Junto, the new Junto Hotel, mm-hmm. Friday night, and I was having a wardrobe malfunction. Um, so the girls wanted to come out to play. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that kind it of party. Not that kind of Not party. that kind of party. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I went to the front desk, and literally, how apropos, her name was Angel, because <laughs> she was an angel. And I said, Angel, you got a safety pin? She was like, oh, I don't. But got some tape and a stapler. I said, that'll work. Mm-hmm. So we did a little surgery on my dress. Oh. With tape and, <laughs> and staples, and it held together the rest of the evening. Oh, so, so I said, oh, yeah, you're going to get a great accommodation mm-hmm. from me. And I'm like, you lived up to your name. You are angelic to me Aww. right now. But those are the kind of things that are just so above and beyond for me that I am so, like, enamored mm-hmm. with people who care about yeah. the work that they do and the service that they provide. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And it's not that hard. It's not that hard. It's not hard to be nice. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I think people forget that. Yeah. As I agree. It's okay to ask for help. Yeah. Just simple, basic, take care of what we need. Yeah. And smile through it. You right. know? <laughs> exactly. That's Exactly. Yeah. I never saw that as something that shouldn't just be a thing. It should be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But we've lost a lot of we've it. We've lost it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when did you, because you, you've worked a lot with diversity inclusion. Yes. When did some of that begin? It started way, way back. So mm-hmm. when I think back to my childhood, right, we talk about being in the South. Mm-hmm. You know, up until, <clears throat> interestingly enough, I'm 50 years old this mm-hmm. year. <gasps> Happy birthday. Thank you all. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Um, do you know the Golden Girls were in their 50s when this, that show started? So I could be a Golden Girl. But that's fascinating to me to see. I mean, they yeah. looked... They looked 80. significantly older. Yeah, than that. but yeah. that's what's wild. Yeah. So I might reboot that. I mm-hmm. don't know. That mm-hmm. would be really there you funny. Go. Mm-hmm. That would be really funny. We should yeah. do a, a Columbus version of that. Let's do that. So anyway, so when I was 14, I started freshman year in high school. That was the first year we integrated proms and homecoming. Oh my gosh. Like I'm not kidding. I was 14 years old. Wow. So there was still a lot of stuff that was mm-hmm. segregated in my town. Mm-hmm. Things were still divided by neighborhoods and parts of town. You know, black people couldn't buy in certain areas and live in certain areas. And even that same year, 14, was the last year the Ku Klux Klan marched and had a rally. They rallied and paraded every year. Oh, God. And that was the last year for that happening. So I always talk to people about just inclusion in a different way because mm-hmm. I grew up so 
excluded from mm-hmm. so many things. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't learn how to swim as a young person because the pool was for white people. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to swim, you had to go to this thing called a beaver dam, which was exactly how it sounds. Mm-hmm. It's welled up water where the beaver dam yeah. was runoff, yeah. right? No lifeguards. Mm-hmm. It's dark. You can't see under the water, mm-hmm. like all that stuff. So I was terrified of water and, and all of those things. So I technically didn't even really, really learn how to swim until last year. Mm. And the most beautiful thing about that, though, two young black teenage kids taught me. Oh, that's cool. And that was very cool yeah. for me because I didn't see that's that That's a good feeling. Up. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. So anyway, so back in the day is when I really said, I don't like being treated as an other. Mm-hmm. I don't like being in that space. Um, and so I fought hard then. I, I was also an overachiever. What? Believe it or not. I know. No, it's not so out of character for me. <laughs> but I, you know, president of the student council, president of the honor society, president of the peer mentors, mm-hmm. on the debate team, like all these things yeah. academically. So I was always trying to be influential, but I was also trying to break the stereotype that people would think about black people, that black people can be smart, mm-hmm. black people can be accomplished, black people can be loving, kinding, and all those kind of things that people didn't see in my hometown. They didn't see that. So that kind of started there. And even when I went to college, I started our first black student union and Mm -hmm. also helped started our, our, it was called GLAD then, but Mm -hmm. our LGBTQIA um, organization as well. So that was a big deal for me. Especially in in the 90s. Honey, in the 90s. Because it was still, believe it or not. That was epidemic. It was, yes. It was a lot of homophobia, a Mm -hmm. lot of racism. Even in Washington State, um, which you would think, because of Seattle is right. liberal and you think that kind of thing. It's not it's, it's not that way. It's not always that way. Um so we had we did a lot. I, I we I I'm always been an activist in the community mm-hmm. um driven person. So that's always started that for me and I've always done that. And yeah. even in workplaces, I'm the voice that fights for the mm-hmm. for the underdog, as they say, and I've never stopped. And so mm-hmm. I I never will to the last no, breath out of my body. This yeah. is what I do. Yeah. You know? Is it and I been blessed with so many DEI folks that um, Karen Hewitt off the top oh, of my that's list. That's my baby. But they they were so good about presenting what you don't even realize is something yeah. that you hold as a value, whether negative or positive. Yeah. But having the experience to sit down and just kind of look look in here mm-hmm. and decide, like, oh, and also to be able to to be okay with changing your right. perspective on that. Right. So how do you work with folks to sort of move around their own judgments? Yeah, I, I love that. I always say everything starts from inside, mm-hmm. right? I did this little fun thing because I, I like puns and I like alliteration and I like mm-hmm. all this stuff. So I took the word engage, E-N-G-A-E-G-E, and I made a, a little slogan out of it says, everyone needs guidance and grace every day. Mm. And I 100% believe that. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you're the CEO of the company or the receptionist, yeah. you need guidance and you need grace because mm-hmm. you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You don't know everything. And even some of the things you know, you learn wrong. Right. 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 And so I think everybody needs to take a little break on the ego and say, you know what? Mm-hmm. I may not be doing this right or I may be mistaken on what this is. Mm -hmm. And so I try to get people to see that about themselves. And it's not a judgment. Mm -hmm. It is, you just have to understand. Mm -hmm. All information is neutral. How you respond to it Mm -hmm. is where the difficulty and the conflict happens. And so I try to have conversations with people in that way and saying, okay, this thing happened. What are you feeling? Mm -hmm. Like what, what, what actual emotions are you feeling? 
Why are you feeling that? Where did that stem from? And mm-hmm. so when you can figure that out and find the root cause, it's much easier to solve for root cause instead of a symptom. Right. Right? Right. And so that's what I try to do. I try to help people see where the root cause of something mm-hmm. is, and it's usually not what they think it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I think it's what you've learned growing Absolutely. up. Absolutely. What you saw, what you experienced, right. and what was okay with that. Right. Right. And there's so much about your childhood, and I literally had this conversation earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Like, there's things I can't remember from last week. I remember things from mm-hmm. 45 years ago. Yep. Like, things that happened to me, good, bad, or indifferent. Like, mm-hmm. I remember them. Yep. And they have left such a lasting impression on right. me. And they also kind of dictate how I present and, mm-hmm. and, and live right now. Right. And so I'm so concerned and thoughtful about the youth Mm-hmm. and what we are teaching them, how we yep. are treating them, what are they yep. seeing, because this stuff will take them all the way through their lives, and they will be thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So when you meet very yeah. ill-adjusted adults, you know they had a pretty shitty childhood. Yep. And just even though, I mean, the world is so much harder for that generation yeah. now. Yeah. You know, I've got a 16-year-old at home and yeah. a 12-year-old, so my kids are about 10, not even 10 years behind yours, yeah. but just about that. And yeah. like. It's so hard on them. Yeah. But they also have so many things that we, I wish we would have had. Yeah. Even things like the diagnosis of ADHD. Right. How many of those kids were just bad kids? Yeah. Oh, I, I was one of those kids because, you know, I laugh because, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I didn't get, di- I'm still in the process of getting diagnosed, even though <laughs> I've self-diagnosed myself, mm-hmm. Dr. Webb, MD. Thank you very much. <laughs> but it's like, I was the kindergarten kid that they'd say, walk to the the cafeteria, but don't touch the wall. And I'm like, <laughs> all the way around. And they're like, yeah, you sit at the bad kids table. And we had a bad kids table. So you were sitting literally in the middle of the cafe where everyone was sitting around you. So you were ridiculed and you were punished all the time. Like, ooh, you the bad kid. Ooh, you got in trouble. And I think about that so yeah. much. Yeah. Even at 50 years old, I think about that feeling as a five-year-old Jeez. being singled out and looked at as that, a bad kid. Yeah. Even though you just touching a wall. couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. If you tell me not to do something, you're just begging me to do it. Right. I mean that, and I do take that in real I still life do now. That, that yeah. I mean, it's it's my adult life too. Don't touch the art. Ooh, the art. The art. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. But that's I, I. I wish that that kids had the information. Yes, they have too much information. Yeah. But the knowledge of things at such an earlier age, I, yeah. I'm, I'm envious of. Yeah. They know racial injustice. Yeah. They know homophobia. Yeah. They see it. Yeah. And it's it's so prominent. Yeah. Unfortunately, it still exists. Yeah. But they're aware this yeah. still exists. Yeah. And it boggles their mind, like, how did y'all let it get this way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember I was talking to when I was still working back in corporate. It was a gentleman who was a, a girl dad. So he had all girls. And he was talking about working with one of our women ERGs, our employee resource groups. And he said the reason he do it, because he has kids and he wants his girls to have equal pay when they mm-hmm. grow up. And the girls looked at him really like, why wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. I'm like, isn't that the question? Right. Isn't that the question? Mm-hmm. So that was shocking to them that anybody would not get paid equally for the jobs that they were doing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And now we're looking at like 200 years before we get equity. Mm-hmm. How? It, it's stupid. It is. It's so stupid. It is. And just to realize... <sighs> You know, even my own prejudices versus my privileges. Yeah. Like, that's not fair. Right. But why? 
well, why can't we have the same thing for this person? Right. Here? Exactly. It's insane. It it makes no sense no. at all to me. And so that's I I spend so much time dissecting and and analyzing like to the to ad nauseum to be honest mm-hmm. with how do you get your psychology to change? Because that's what it is at this it is. point is psychology. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's behavioral. And mm-hmm. like, how do you make that change? You know, even some of the clients that I work with, I they say, well, we're gonna mandate this and we're gonna mandate that. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, okay, if you mandate that, what what do you expect the behavior change to be? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we don't know if they're gonna change. Well, then why are you mandating something? Mm-hmm. Like if you don't expect behavior to change and you don't feel like you're going to coach or, you know, discipline the person if they don't do it, Mm -hmm. why bother? Right. Why bother? Right. Because, again, if you tell somebody not to touch the art, they're going to touch the art. They're going to touch the art. Yeah. They're always going to touch the art. Or they're going to fight the machine. Correct. That's what we've learned from rage against the machine. Correct. Correct. (laughs) Fight the man. Fight the man. Ugh. Yeah. And it's – corporate to me is nightmare fuel. I Mm -hmm. just can't – I would not survive. It's no, it's not for the faint of heart. And I tried for 30 years, Mm -hmm. you know, two thirds of my life right now. I spent there and I'm like, yeah, not the rest. No. Not the rest. No. And I get it. I mean, my husband's in a corporate job, but it just is soul sucking. It is. It is. And they and they think they know best. Even the people in there, they always think they know best. Mm-hmm. And what I find so fascinating is in my role as a consultant, I'm looked at as valued and with the, the judgment mm-hmm. that I'm bringing is very valued. When I was working in the organization, I did not have the same value. No. And I'm like, I'm the same person with the same knowledge and the same skill set. Mm-hmm. But now because I'm outside of the company. Oh, you're... Thank you for yeah. your insight. It's wild. Yeah. It is wild. Yeah. And it's kind of the joke that everybody talks about. Like, oh, you need to change that light bulb? Well, call a consultant. It'll only cost you $10,000. <laughs> I mean, it's because it, that's what happens. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Jeez. So now you've left corporate, essentially, yes. but you're still in, in a weird way, yes. speaking and <laughs> engaging. Yeah. But it's better, though. It is you're better. on your terms. I am. <laughs> and that's the thing. And I, I felt like, always felt like, too, when I was in a corporate job, I'm in this one lane and I'm doing this one thing and I'm only touching so many people. Mm-hmm. But now with my consultancy, I can touch so many people mm-hmm. in so many different companies in so many places. You know, I have yeah. clients in multiple locations around the United States, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Oh, like that travel know. and tourism thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. So, I mean, I would do international stuff, but I don't know international like laws around HR and stuff. Yeah. So I wouldn't be as effective. True. But I know that the states, I know the states very well. But if somebody wants to bring me to a conference in Europe with American folks, I'll do that. Got that. Everybody okay. listen, listen. <laughs> Any place, I'd go to Europe in a heartbeat. Do you find that some people are hesitant when you start speaking on DEI matters? Like there's suddenly just like a wall, like Oh, yeah. Or the I'm good wall? Yeah. My favorite is, in in the audience obviously won't see this, but their arms are all folded up, face all tied up. And then usually, (laughs) this is in the audience, but even now with webinars, because I've been doing webinars since COVID, the face. And I'm like, you can turn your camera off if you're going to look at me like that, dude. Mm -hmm. So it's just face, right? But then I do about an hour. 
So by the time you get about 45 minutes, 50 minutes, you've kind of seen this little, the mm-hmm. arms kind of come down, yeah. maybe a little little smirk on their face. I'm like, oh, mm. am I getting to you? Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's my favorite part. Because yeah. there's people who are in there who are, no matter what you say, they're going to be down for it. They're like, mm-hmm. yes, I'm about it. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But then there's the the skeptics, right? The people who are like, I don't want to do this. I don't I don't believe in this woke stuff. You know, uh-huh, I, I've heard a bazillion word. times. Oh, yeah. But then when I get to them in the end, especially the end when somebody comes up to the stage afterwards, which makes me so happy, they'll say, I've never heard it put that way before. Mm-hmm. It's got me thinking. I'm like, that's what I wanted you to do. <laughs> check. That's job what I wanted done. you to do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, you're not check. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the beautiful part. I just, I love when the light bulb goes on for people because I think there's so much mythology out there mm-hmm. around what DE&I really is about. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, it's about humanity. It's about how do we see each other Mm -hmm. and really understand what the needs are and where the needs not being met. How can we help each other get the needs that we have? Mm -hmm. How can we support each other? You know, we all want the basics, right? We want health and we want shelter and we want security and we want financial independence, those kind of things. That's anybody, Mm -hmm. everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, how we go about getting it. That's a that's a question. You know, right. who do we work with to get it? That's another question. Mm-hmm. So all those kind of things are coming up. And so I try to help people really understand in as plain a plain language as possible, mm-hmm. you know, what this is about. Right. Yeah. And you're right. It's it's basic human need. Mm-hmm. And that hierarchy of needs that we have. And yep. again, it's not that hard. It's not. We it's not make it much harder than it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I mean, obviously, 2020 brought about so much. Ooh, cha. What a year, man. What a year. It was rough. I hate that year. It was I'm rough. I'm going to go on record and say like, that was the worst. It was, it, that that became my worst year. Well, 2001 is still a bad year. It's when my grandmother passed away, 2001, mm-hmm. and when 9-11 happened. Yep. So there was a lot of crap that happened in 2001. Mm-hmm. But 2020 was really bad. Yeah. It was really bad. And I'll, I'll tell you. You know, even before George Floyd happened, mm-hmm. the Ahmaud Arbery mm-hmm. case happened. And that one hit me so hard because in Brunswick, where he was, was about an hour from where I grew up. Jeez. It could have been me. Yeah. It could have been my cousins. It could have been anybody that I know. And just, I shouldn't have watched the video. I didn't know what I was expecting. Yeah. I saw the video, and it I'm seeing it in my yeah. mind right now. It haunts yeah. me. It haunts me. Yeah. It haunts me. Mm. And so that happened. And then you had Breonna Taylor and you had George mm. Floyd. It's like, oh, my God, I can't yeah. breathe. Like, yeah. I literally can't breathe. Right. The trauma was just coming, 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 coming. And um, Aji, my youngest, and I, when they had the protest in Columbus mm-hmm. that weekend after George Floyd's murder, we both went down. Mm. And there were so many people there. And I felt like, first of all, I felt camaraderie with a mm-hmm. lot of people. There were so many people. And yeah. I'm thinking walks of life. Yep. White, black, mm-hmm. Latina, whatever. It's like everybody was there, and everybody was peacefully protesting, mm-hmm. mind you. Yes. Um, and then something went way awry mm-hmm. with the Columbus Police Department, mm-hmm. and we all got pepper sprayed and bear maced, and it was horrendous. I felt like I was watching the Edmund Pettus Bridge and Selma yeah. all over again. Yeah. And I was so upset. And it was obviously in the middle of COVID. Mm-hmm. So now you're gasping. You're taking your mask off, gasping because this pepper spray and stuff is in your, your face and your throat. And God bless these street medics who had yeah. whatever concoction in their thing. And they're pouring it in your eyes and like, come down. You get, we'll help you. We'll help you. And I just remember being so overwhelmed mm-hmm. with grief. Because yeah. I think about my mom, born in 51, was 18 years old in 1969 in the thick of mm-hmm. the civil rights movement. And then 50 years later, my baby was 18 years old with George Floyd. I'm like, 
when is this right. going to stop? Right. When is it going to change? Mm-hmm. And I still don't know the answer don't know to the that. Answer. I still don't know the answer to that. But I figure in my own life, I will touch as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. I will talk to as many people as I can. I will love on as many people as I can. And you do. You know, I'm in, I'm in a space of healing, not hurting. Right. You know, and if you feel like you have to hurt me because you can't heal, then I'm going to walk away. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hurt you back. I'm just going to walk away. It's not but I'm going to try to heal as many people as I can in this process. Yeah. And that's that's what it is. Yeah. It's necessary yeah, for that. For sure. And you're doing such a great job with Aww, it, too. Thank you, honey. Your love for the arts. And... I love it all. I just, I'm just one of those people that I said I never wanted to survive life. I wanted to thrive in life. Yeah. And I try to find the little moments of joy, mm-hmm. just the little moments of joy to keep me going. Yeah. You know, like being here with you Aww. is a beautiful moment of joy. And I was so looking forward to being oh, here. Oh, it's so fun. So looking forward to being yes, here. Yes, you've, you've made my day off. <laughs> this yeah. This isn't work though. I mean No. No. This is yeah. doing what we would probably do if there weren't even microphones. A hundred percent. But there's not a mic that I don't like, honey. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. Are you a singer? <laughs> I'm not a singer. I, I've rapped back in the day. Back in the nineties. Okay. I laughed. This is my claim to fame. I tease okay. people all the time. I was a part of a two-person rap group called okay. Lyrical Defiance. Oh. And I was Crescendo with a K. Crescendo. Crescendo. So we had two shows. Okay. Okay. And that was it. Okay. Well, that That was it. It was like your hello goodbye. It was hello goodbye. (laughs) See? That's what happens. Nice nice to pull it back around. Um, But it was fun. And then the last time I quote unquote rapped in public, Mm -hmm. uh, Aji and I did a TEDx Columbus women's event in 2015. And we did at the time a mother daughter rap. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. We wrote it ourselves, the yep. music and the lyrics and everything, nice. and it was uh, it was it, br- it brought the house down. I'm just I saying. So every that. now and then I, I'll pop in and do a little something something for people, okay. so they know you know. Now, did you go by Crescendo when you did that? No, okay. it was just La 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 Baker, okay. La La and Aji is what we called it. Where did Aji's name come from? So Aji, um, full name is Ajoli, A-U-J-O-L-I-E. Is that French? It sounds French. It sounds French. It sounds French, but it was from, I made it up in the sixth grade. So the A-U is from my sister, Audra. The J-O is from my mother, Joyce. And the L-I-E is from my grandmother, Millie. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, sixth grade. I can't remember that name. Didn't even know Good when I would you. be a mom, if yeah. I would be a mom. Yeah. But I just knew I wanted to pay homage to the women who meant so much to me in my mm-hmm. life. And Aji, the funny part is Aji is such a amalgamation of all of us. Mm-hmm. This kid, you know, 21 years old, but has an old soul. We always tease because, I mean, Aji grew up in a car riding with me. It was 90s hip-hop and mm-hmm. R&B and the grunge and, like, the Chili Peppers and mm-hmm. all that. We went to a Chili Peppers concert together. It was so fun. Nice. But, like, so Aji's musical tastes are just all over the place, mm-hmm. like loves everything because I love everything. Right. Um. So Aji really grew up just having such a sense of self, mm-hmm. a sense of love, knowing that they could be creative, as creative as they wanted to be, yep. um, and just loving life. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted Aji to have the best childhood, the the best life, so that they can go and spread love mm-hmm. and not hurt. That's so cool. You know, so, so I, cool. I really wanted to make sure of that. And so, you know, for the listening audience, so they understand Aji is transgender. Mm-hmm now and uses they them pronouns and at first Aji was very afraid to come out to the family hmm. first as gay and then as transgender and I told Aji I said no matter what anybody thinks or says 
you have to be true to yourself. Mm -hmm. Whatever you do, be true to yourself. And initially, our family, all of our families, both the in-laws, my my family and my husband's family, didn't know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. Still were struggling, struggling. And Aji transitioned like five years ago, and Mm -hmm. it was still really hard. Mm -hmm. And Aji stayed respectful and stood their ground, and now they've all come around. Mm -hmm. And I said, kudos to you, baby, because you didn't try to have conflict. You said, I respect you. I hope one day you can respect me, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to love you no matter what. And it softened their hearts, and it warmed them up, and now they're so great. And, like, we are—my husband and I both are so proud. Mm -hmm. Both our kids. Both our kids are LGBTQIA, Mm -hmm. and we are fiercely protective. Yeah. That's why these laws that are coming up right now are just hateful, mean-spirited, evil laws Mm -hmm. that have really nothing to do with nothing. Nope. And so I will continually be on that picket line. Mm-hmm. I will continually use my voice in voting. I will continually use my voice all over the place yeah. to protect my kids and people like them. I love that. Yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. It's important. It's very important. And I, lo- I think, too, that it is so em- empowering for your kiddo to, yeah. to be the, the face and the voice. Mm-hmm. Of understanding. Mm-hmm. Because it is hard. It's hard. It's hard. But it's also like, well, I guess what stands stronger is that I love this kid. Yeah. And they're And that's happy. exactly right. And we want that's their exactly happiness. Right. We're, that's we're, right. We do this parenting thing to raise humans. Yeah. And we, at some point, they're not our human to raise anymore. That's right. So it's like, obviously, you yeah. know, here you are. And just standing is such a, a powerful example of this, this is who I am. Right. Because we didn't know. We didn't know. We weren't given the freedom to know that No, either. no, not at all. No. As kids, I mean, I remember, you know, I had a great friend when I was a freshman in, in high school, and his name was Thomas Jackson. I don't know if he's still alive mm-hmm. or whatever. It's been like Which unfortunately years. is one of those names you can't just Google and find I mean, you can't Google him. it, but, you know, <laughs> but I but I know, it, it. looking back in time, he was gay, and he never, he never was truly able to come out. Mm-hmm. And I remember that, but I remember how people used to treat him. They're like, oh, he's a little funny. And they twist their little hand over Mm -hmm. like this. And that's what they would always say about people Mm. who were LGBTQIA. And they didn't even know. We didn't have that language back then. We didn't didn't even have that language back then. We didn't know what to say. But I I have to imagine there was such a part of his life that he didn't fully get to live. And Mm -hmm. that makes me sad. Yeah. It makes me sad when you have to hide things about yourself mm-hmm. that you just can't be authentic because right. you're afraid that pe- how people are going to treat yeah. you. Because some people you think it's wrong. And yeah. Bad. Yeah. Also, why do they care so why much? Why do you care, boo? It doesn't make sense. Mind your own business. <laughs> Seriously. We were told that by salt and pepper. Listen, like, honey. We, they need to sing it again. Honey, that part. Listen. I mean, none of your business. I saw them in concert. They were really good. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. I did, um, back in the day, back in the 90s, mm-hmm. I did a show where I we did What a Man. Oh, yeah. And I did all the raps. Let me tell you, it's hard. That's a lot. To catch your breath. Uh-huh. To do all of those. Yes. So, but I did it. Oh. <sighs> these lungs, baby. Tell you what. These lungs. I one time just for funsies karaoke did Baby Got Back, but in my voice. So in more of like a theatrical presentation style voice. I like big butts and I cannot lie. Cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. Can't deny. But that same thing, once you start rolling, it was like I had to stop. I was like, I can't breathe through this anymore. Yeah. So much. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite karaoke songs, and I just this year got to do it fully without losing all my breath. 
in homage of the queen herself, Tina Turner, mm-hmm. I would always do Proud Mary, the Ike and Tina version, mm-hmm. not the CCR version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And honey, you can't just do it. You got to do it. You got to do that whole thing. And Ooh. I, honey, we were dancing. I had backup dancers and everything. <gasps> With your honey, rolling. Honey, yeah, yes, baby. Yes. We were, oh, that's it awesome. was plush. That's so it was good. plush. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bring it house down kind of thing. Really I'm telling is. you. It's uh, good. It's really good. It's such a good version of it. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. <laughs> this was just like talking with my girlfriend. But that's what that's what I love about it and having people like you in here that yeah. this is something that we would just be doing over a cup of coffee anyway. We would. Or a glass of wine. Or, you know, so whichever one. Whichever yeah. One whichever both. one. Yeah. This all is awesome. Name, so. Yeah. You know. And where can folks find you and learn a little bit more? Yes. I am on all the social medias. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me personally at LaShondra B. Baker, L-A-C-H-A-N-D-R-A-B-B-A-K-E-R, or the business is at at LBB Edutainment, it just like it sounds, that. education and entertainment put together. So L B B E D U T A I N M E N T. It's like you've done that before or something. A little bit, once in a while, every now and then. And all the socials on the yes, all the socials, all the socials, all the socials. so much fun. I'm yes. so proud of the work that you're doing. Thank and you. The person that you are and. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. That's one of the things I love about Columbus is the connection Mm -hmm. of all the people. It's the smallest big town I've ever lived in. And that's just so nice. (laughs) It is very nice. Sometimes it's gross weather. Yeah. Let's let's be honest. I mean, they said El Nino this year is like blizzard of 78, bad winter. I'm like, okay. No. That's what I've heard. No. That's what I've heard. Farmers take back your almanac. Yeah, I know. Same. Boo. Boo-hoo. But, but I love you anyway. I love you too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Foxland Media. Think big.